Hi, and welcome to another podcast from The Human Diver, where we are looking to apply counter-errorism techniques in diving. By that we mean human factors and non-technical skills. Our goal is to give you the knowledge and skills so that your dives are safer and more enjoyable. The podcast is a mixture of short podcasts based on the blogs we have, and longer podcasts, which will be interviews or discussion topics. Show notes will be provided so you can dig deeper if you want. Ready to jump in? This is the fourth and final part in a series of blogs which looks at building psychological safety within your instructional setting or fun diving environments. Anyone can thumb a dive at any time for any reason, and that includes being on the surface. This is something taught to most divers because there shouldn't be anything that keeps you underwater if you don't want to be there. Unfortunately, this isn't easy in some cases because there isn't a psychologically safe environment. In May 2020, the documentary If Only was released, which told the tragic story of Brian Bogie, who died two years previously. The causal and contributory factors were multiple, and the lack of a safe environment was a key one. Not just because of the internally generated pressures to complete the course, but also because team members were unable to challenge what was happening at the time when they could see things weren't happening as they should do. The goal of having challenger safety is to enable team members to question or challenge others about potentially unsafe practices or concerns. This also includes your instructor. Authority gradient is a known problem, especially in high-risk industries, where the most senior or experienced person can influence the behaviours of others and significant effort is done to reduce this. In diver training, this important topic is hardly touched upon. Listen on to hear five ways in which you can improve challenger safety within your team or class. While it is nice to have a calm environment where everyone is following the same plan, sometimes disruption is needed to improve things. Your positive emotional response to disruptive ideas and bad news is a clear signal that you have a high tolerance for candor and will protect your team in their right to dissent. Note that the sort of dissent we want is to challenge and be constructive, with the motivation being towards improvement rather than destruction. For example, students asking the why do we do it this way question should be met with rationale and logical responses, not because we've always done it this way. If you don't know the answer, you can respond with I don't know, but I'll find out, which is an example of learner safety. Assign diverse people with diverse perspectives to work together on assigned projects. Diverse teams possess cognitive diversity and naturally produce divergent thinking. In a class setting, this might be a little more difficult to achieve, but if you are in a project or expedition setting, you can do this relatively easily as the expertise that is needed can be brought to bear. One way that this can be executed in a teaching environment is to invite trainee instructors or interns onto your class to see how you teach and question and challenge you. You can also learn from them as they might see things you haven't seen before. Leaders make decisions that are right today and then wrong tomorrow. At other times, we simply make the wrong decisions. Period. Unfortunately, change decisions are often seen as a sign of weakness, whereas if you openly question and discuss some of your previous decisions, you can demonstrate that even correct decisions aren't correct forever. Help your team know that you're willing to revisit old decisions, courses of action, and points of view. However, you need to explain the rationale why the change has happened, and not just because we've changed now, which is no better than we've always done it that way. Unfortunately, the diving world is full of situations where people have gone back on previous decisions and then are criticised for doing this. When team members start to think alike, we call that groupthink. It's dangerous to create an environment that can limit innovation. This is especially true when it comes to risky or dangerous behaviours like penetrating a cave or wreck without a line, 
exceeding decompression obligations, dodgy weather conditions, or any manner of activities which, if something were to happen, others would apply hindsight and say, that was obvious. The documentary, if only, has a number of examples of groupthink. As humans, we are social creatures, and as such, team members sometimes become more concerned about fitting in with the conventional thinking of the group instead of applying critical thinking. As a leader or instructor, get into the habit of asking your team to disagree with you. Say, I don't want an echo chamber. What's another way to think about this? If you are a leader or instructor and want to increase the ability of your team or students to challenge the status quo, you can use the disruption question sequence. Begin with a why question. Why do we do it this way? Move to a what if question. What if we tried this? Finally, end with a how question. How could we do that? Model and teach the members of your team to implement this three-question process, which is the primary driver of disruptive and innovative thinking. In the class setting, there is obviously a fine line regarding how much disruption and challenge you want because ultimately you have limited time available, but at the same time, you want to create thinking divers. Those divers are going to look at what you are teaching and understand the why behind it, rather than just follow what you've taught them in a rote manner. Understanding the why also helps students graduates because it allows them to solve problems in the real world. This is because the environment they are in now doesn't exactly match that which they previously experienced and they can solve the problem from first principles. Finally, challenger safety is essential when it comes to being able to end a dive when you want to end the dive. Others might not know what the issues are and you just want to get out of there. If someone puts the thumbs up to dive, the dive ends and everyone starts their ascent process. You don't split the team and leave one at depth, one up, all up. These four stages of psychological safety are like building blocks. You won't get challenger safety unless you've got inclusion, learner, and contributor safety. This is obviously important when you need people to be able to thumb the dive when they need to. And as the leader or instructor, you have a massive role to play in that because it is the leader instructor who sets the culture. Thanks for listening to this podcast. If you'd like to know more about what was discussed in this episode, head over to the Human Diver website at thehumandiver.com where you will find details about our education programs, the If Only documentary, the book Under Pressure, and the many, many blogs we have published there. If you think others should listen and learn, consider sharing the link. Thank you.